In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. At least some of you, since I know you've been here before, are aware that this time of prayer, this meditation, as it's called, is an opportunity for, for all of us, and I include myself and for you, to consider things in the presence of our Lord, who, for, us, for, for those of us who are Catholic, we believe that Jesus is present in a sacramental way in the tabernacle. And that's why the, the opening prayer, we tend to make this act of faith, or we make this act of faith in, in our Lord's real presence. That he's here, and that he does see us, and that he does hear us, what we say in our hearts. And I begin this meditation with that observation or this, I would say, reality so that all of us and and you who are listening, that you see this time not just to be passively hearing what I say, which I hope in some way will help you to pray, but that you yourselves can interiorly In your heart, direct yourselves to God, to our Lord in the the Blessed Sacrament, about whatever you wish, as an opportunity of, of prayer, mental prayer, meditation, whatever you want to call it, but a dialogue with our Lord. The topic is, the topic of our prayer is work daily work. And some people may right away think, well, that's a little bit different. I mean, something like charity would seem to be very appropriate at times. The meaning of the cross, growing in a, a virtue, the virtue of humility. But daily work is, is a great topic for our prayer. And daily work, what I mean, the, the, that um, to, to pray about, uh, to see from a supernatural point of view, better said, you know, the, the work of a lawyer in his office, the work of a doctor in his, in seeing patients or in the operating room, the work of a professor in a lecture hall, uh, the mechanic in his workshop, a welder in his workshop, uh, a shop owner in his store, a mother in her home, which is real work, and a student at a desk, a student in the lecture hall. Um, A student, many of you are from Columbia University in in Butler Library studying, or Hamilton Hall taking a class, or in, in, what is it, Uris, or or Poopin, or the Mud Engineering Building. That that time of study the time of being in a lecture, the many hours that a, a businessman spends in the office, 
is, is not a time that necessarily has to be or should be, if you will, divorced or, or separated from God. So uh, at least a part of the resolution I offer for this meditation, this time of prayer, is to see, do I have an attitude that I work or I study very hard at certain times of the day? And the fact of the matter is most people work very hard in this, in this city and, and study very hard at, at the university level, and that's for many hours a day. Many hours. At least a student, it should be many hours. And they think of God and praying, like now, as something maybe I should do. You're all here praying, but is somehow separate from that. The, the, the life that has to do with, with God or when daily work, that the two are, are, don't come together. And I would offer you to consider that the two are not completely separate. That is, our life, our interior life, our life of relationship with God does not need to be, in fact, should not be completely separate from our, our, our daily life and our daily work. This is the preaching and this is the teaching of the founder of Opus Dei, St. Jose Maria. Ordinary work, daily work, ordinary circumstances is a place to meet God. Is a place where our Lord waits for you in a certain, expecting you, especially as, as a Christian. God is, should be a part of our ordinary life and work. And he would preach, he preaches, and the message is that that can be, that can be something sanctified. Maybe some of you have heard this many times. This is very familiar. If you've read the, 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 the works of St. Jose Maria or been to, to meditations, recollections, activities at a center of Opus Dei. But for others, maybe that vision is a little bit new. What's the foundation for that? Well, in Scripture, it's very clear, I think. The account of Genesis of the creation of man, we're told that, that God put man on earth and in the garden in order to work. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. In Latin, it's ut operaretur et custodiat ilum, to work there and to take care of it. God made Adam and Eve and created for them this beautiful world that we have, that we live in, and he made them to work in it, and look after it. This is a, a job, the commission that they receive from, from our Lord, from God. And from that original plan, the, what, the original charge and responsibility that man received, 
St. Jose Maria would say that all work, daily activity, can be brought and offered to God. In a homily, Working for God, he says, We must be convinced, therefore, that work is a magnificent reality and that it has been imposed on us as an inexorable law, which one way or another binds everyone, even though some may try to seek exemption from it. Make no mistake about it, man's duty to work is not a consequence of original sin, nor is it just a discovery of modern times. It's, and this is where there's kind of a romantic view of it, it's an indispensable means which God has entrusted to us here on this earth. It means, it, it, is, it is meant to fill our days and make us sharers in God's creative power. It enables, it enables us to earn our living and at the same time to reap the fruits of eternal life. For man is born to work as the birds are born to fly. That last quote, man is born to work as the birds are born to fly, is from the book of Job. Work is a way to, to develop ourselves. It's a way to contribute to the betterment of society at all levels. And it's a way of, of fulfilling, of completing the work that God has begun in creation. And he's counting on us to do that. So that we, at all levels of society, that our presence, and especially those of a Christian who works as a son of God, is to bring this corrective reality to the, the area of work, of whatever kind, something that is, is esteemed very much in the eyes of men or something that is considered of not as much esteemed, but still, it's very important and makes a difference in society. That God wants us to throw ourselves into it with the sense of, of bringing salt and the, the, be the presence of salt and light of a Christian. Um, I've heard this story of a, of a person who, who was very much taken by what St. Teresa of Calcutta was doing in India. He was an American businessman, apparently pretty successful, went and visited one of the places she was working and, the, and saw the people she was helping and, and there with a poor shoulder to shoulder. And his, as I understand, his resolution from that visit was to... Um, sell his business and return and help her with what she would sell his business at home. I think he's from Wisconsin and return and help her with what she was doing. And she told him, no, she go back. First, she said, you should love your family. But then she says, be a good, more or less, I'm paraphrasing, but more or less, be a good businessman. Bring a, 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 a more, if you will, supernatural Desire, bring a desires to improve the situation and, and your, the atmosphere, work, and what change the kind of structures of society within the workplace, so that you change, change the the, the, the uh, kind of the yeah the emphasis of what people work for and why, and be a good businessman so that I don't have to do what I do. That meaning that. Try to be a positive influence on society in your corner of the world and, and what is your expertise and bring about a more just society. 
in the ways that you see that you can. Try to make it so that it is imbued with a great Christian spirit and the, and, the, and the dignity of the human person so that you change society from within. And so as her, her last line, so that I don't have to do what I do. As very, I think it's, it's, uh, it's striking coming from her who's thrown her life and foundation of the Sisters of Charity to help the poor. But you work to make it so there are less or fewer, a more just society. In Scripture, again, when Jesus Christ, who as Catholics, those are Catholic, we believe to be the Son of God, God made man to come here and teach us about God, to help us to know him better, to love him more, to follow him. And the culminating point of our Lord's life is dying on the cross to redeem us. But that all of that time of his public ministry, as it's called, was two and a half years or just shy of three years. Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, spent more time working as a, as a carpenter. And it's precisely what the, what the Gospels tell us and why the people uh, took offense at him when he preached in his own, his own town. He went away from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get all this? What is the wisdom given to him? What mighty works are wrought by his hands? And then the, the, the line that the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and John, and James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? and are not his sisters with us. They were scandalized because they, they knew him too well. They were so familiar with who he was. He was, he was one more in the village. We know, his, we know his, his, his extended family, those who are his relatives, his mother. But he was known as the carpenter. Jesus Christ spent probably from 12, 11, 12, certainly 13 years old when he would come of age to 28, 29, 30 years old. Tradition tells us starting when he was 30. All of that time he was... He, he, he learned the trade of a carpenter from St. Joseph, and he practiced the trade of a carpenter in Nazareth. And for the better part of his life, much more than his, than his public life, much more than his preaching, Jesus who worked miracles, Jesus who is the Son of God, who manifests himself as the Messiah. And he is... He is sanctifying. He's making holy that work. And that time in the workshop, in Joseph's workshop, is not just filler time. You know, just waiting for the... He's, he's redeeming. The Son of God is working with his hands. And as a carpenter, Jesus Christ, I believe, would have calloused hands. 
you know, as a carpenter does, because he's working with a hammer and a saw and planing materials, except one, we don't know for sure, but there's a kind of theory that maybe he, he made, um, made uh, pl- plows, that he was somewhat in the blacksmith trade, another that he made yoke for oxen, that he made good yoke because, I mean, it was important that the, the yoke for the oxen be fitted to the ox because otherwise it would, if it didn't fit well, it would grate against the ox and it would make a sore. The sore would get infected. The ox would die, and that's very, of course, very bad. But he he was a craftsman. He worked with his hands. Maybe he made tables and chairs and doors and houses. Perhaps he worked in in making houses of the time, very simple. But and that Jesus Christ would, I, I believe, would have those calloused hands and the, and the arms of a of a carpenter, strong. Maybe fingernails that were kind of beat up, as carpenters tend to have, working with their hands all the time. And this is the witness we have of the Gospels. And when you think about it, you can ask our Lord, why was that part of the plan? And the church would tell us, because he's showing us that work is a noble activity and work is a sanctifiable activity. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says it this way, Human work proceeds directly from persons created in the image of God and called to prolong the work of creation by subduing the earth, both with and for one another. Work honors the Creator's gifts and the talents received from Him. Work honors the Creator's gifts and the talents received from Him. It's that use our talents and gifts for the benefit of others and for the, again creating the society. And this is this is that those hours of study, those hours in an office, those hours in a shop. Uh, the garage of a, of a mechanic can lead one closer to God. It can be seen as a, as a service. And that's, a, that's, another, way of, that's an, another way of looking at it, the, the Christian way. that My work is not just to make a lot of money. Making money is not bad. And it's not just to gain professional prestige and have people look up to me. And that's not necessarily bad if it's not done solely out of vanity and pride. I mean, it's, it's nice to, to, to be a good professional. But to see it primarily as a service, and hopefully bringing about a more just society through that work. I mean, one day if you're a lawyer, somebody's going to depend on your legal advice. If you're a doctor, somebody's going to depend on your medical advice. And I hope it's very good. If you're a businessman or an investment broker, somebody's going to depend on your financial advice, and you hope it's good and serves them. If you're a professor. Somebody will hopefully benefit from your study and your investigation or your abilities to transmit knowledge to someone else who's interested in philosophy or computer science or literature, whatever it is. Working as a son of God, working with the spirit of wanting to bring that, if you will, the, the, the corrective aspect to the creation that God has willed and the way that men and should live in society. Good, honest work. Pride in good work in the good sense. Wanting to be of service. 
building a, a more just society. If, um, if people would just live two commandments in the workplace, if they were just to live, you know, not to lie and not to steal, that is not to covet money so much that they would jip the other person, business, I think, would, would radically change in many ways, a certain aspect. And if people brought a sense of wanting to help other people, wanting to, to serve at their work. There's a story I've heard many years ago. I think it, I understand it happened in Spain. The fellow who was the owner of a small, a small a shop, a mechanic, he, but he worked on trucks. And a guy shows up one day, brings a truck, and the guy says, it'll cost you this much to fix. And the guy who brought the truck in said, what if we, what if we work out a deal here? I mean, I don't know if this is the best way to do things, but he said, what if we work out a deal, uh, jack up the price a little bit, the owner will never know, and um, you give me a little bit, you take a little bit, and we both make a little bit more off this deal. And, um, and the guy said, no, I, I, I don't work that way. I don't want to do that. And the guy insisted a little bit more. And uh, he said, no, I, I mean, I, I do fair day's work, I do, you know, and I'll charge you a fair price. What? So the guy went away, and two or three days later, he came back with another a, a truck and another truck, Said, here, I want you to fix these trucks. And he said, well, I, I'm, as I said before, you know, uh, fair labor and a fair price. And the guy said, exactly what I want. He says, this guy happened to be an owner of a truck company or delivery company, and he wanted somebody who was honest because he had gone through several people who were not honest. And so his point was, I found somebody who's honest. I'm going to bring all my business to you. This is what I need. It's a nice article. It's a sense of, that work done well, competent, and fair. In 2007, we'll be ending our prayer soon, but in 2007, there was an article in Forbes magazine precisely about work. It was uh, it happened in California, and it's, um, it, it, it's about a, a, actually a, a Protestant minister who's a, a woman, who would encourage people to work well, to change society. And part of the article, at least the quotation here, is that it says, in, in, in organizations, I love how people, when they're well-led, not only accomplish great things, but become better people in the process, becoming a better person in the process of work. I believe that's the kind of redemption that, this, that is available in our work. Redemption, that's very Christian, Catholic. It's what the catechism says. God gave work to Adam and Eve before the fall. Work is not the result of sin. It is another way in which you and I can work out the image of God that resides in us. It's exactly what the catechism says. This is, um, this is what we want to happen. I, I say it because it was, it, this is not Catholic, Protestant. Very good, though, in the sense of the idea, that, that what we're trying to consider. But then that what's beautiful in the article is, is, is an example of this. The, the, the uh, emergency, a nurse who was working in an emergency room, or an operating room, um, she tells the following story. It's about 10.30 p.m. The room was a mess. I was finishing up some work on the chart before going home. The doctor with whom I loved working was debriefing a new doctor who had done a very respectable, competent job. 
telling him what he done, had done well and what he could have done differently or improve on. Then the older doctor, the good doctor, the, the fellow who was also a very good doctor, then he put his hand on the young doctor's shoulder and said, when you finished, did you notice the young man from housekeeping who came in here to clean the room? There was a completely blank look in the young man's face, in the young doctor's face. The older doctor said, his name is Carlos. He's been here for three years. He does a fabulous job. When he came in, he, when he comes in, he gets the rooms turned around so fast that you and I can get our next patients in quickly. His wife's name is Maria. They have four children. Then he named each of the four children and gave each child's age. The older doctor went on to say, he lives in a rented house about three blocks from here in Santa Ana. They've been up from Mexico for about five years. His name is Carlos, he repeated. Then he said, next week, I would like you to tell me something about Carlos that I don't already know. Okay? The protagonist of the anecdote was very moved by what they call great leadership. I'd say great work of not just competence, but kindness, trust, sincere friendship, consideration of co-workers. This is how our meditation on sanctification of work can how, so what is it we, we consider that God put man on earth to work? Work is part of the dignity of man. It transforms him to continue the work of God and the world and to make the world a better place through his work, a place that serves others, that seeks out a, a just and system, but also that, that in, in, just the, in, the, in the macro level, but in the micro level, and hopefully a place where there is kindness and trust, sincere friendship. Honesty. And as a student, well, lots of opportunities for keeping a schedule, for one thing, trying to work well, just putting that, that kind of learning how to keep a schedule, learning how to make a schedule and keep a schedule, which will serve you so well in professional life no matter what you do. And that includes rest and sleep in the proper amount and proper time. But also the sense of my work will be a service to others, and I want to contribute to the bettering of society and the bettering of the people I work with. So that I try to get rid of the, the, the griping or that can happen, the complaining, the gossiping, incessant kind of competitiveness that can enter even in the university atmosphere. Can I bring more kindness and trust? Along with being a good student, a competent student, doing my best. And one thing that prayer does, personal prayer, as we're trying to do now, thinking about how we work, it's an opportunity to meet God. If I, if I talk to our Lord about this, if I think about how, for a Christian, if I think about how Jesus worked in the workshop, you think about how God worked in the workshop, how he must have treated customers, how his tools must have been orderly and clean, how he must have done the very best, which was an absolutely fabulous work, for a fair price, and wanting to give them the best, and proud of it, and you know, a good pride of that work, because it will serve the other. If I begin to try to imitate that, or have that ideal, or I study to better myself to be able to contribute in that way to society in the future, then, then we, then we talk about work that becomes sanctifying. You're, you're making that holy, and you're becoming holier through that work. 
just as Jesus Christ did. So those hours that you spend studying, St. Jose Maria would tell the young people who came around to the, center, first, the first centers of Opus Dei, an hour of, of study is an, is an hour of prayer. And unless you pray about it, we can't really understand it. The Second Vatican Council talks about the Christian imitating Jesus Christ who plied his hands with the carpenter's tools and collaborates in a certain fashion with the Son of God and his redemptive work. That's the, that's the goal I propose and to have you consider to pray about. And you can ask our Lord, can I, can I meet you? Lord, how, how can I meet you in my work? How can I, what, what can I do to see my work as a service? Or help me to see it as a service? Or am I absorbed by my own personal professional ambitions and getting ahead that tends to exclude others and would, would, would perpetuate perhaps where there's already a, you know, the selfishness of work, the self-aggrandizement, the, I'll do it my I will I will become I will become successful and rich or with a lot of prestige. And it's all about me and nothing about the other. We can ask our lady that she would intercede for us, Mary, the mother of God, who worked. I mean, we believe she's the most perfect creature that ever lived, is the mother of God, and, and that she took care of Joseph and Jesus in the house of Nazareth, that she would help us mm, to have a, to find God in our daily work. Help us have a more supernatural vision, this very romantic vision that the church offers to her, her children. And we also end tomorrow, as you know, as the 20th anniversary of 9-11, the terrorist attack on the, on the World Trade Center and other places in the U.S., that we pray for all those who lost their lives, for their eternal rest, and for all the families who are affected, that God continue to grant them the material and, the material and spiritual assistance they need in, in, uh, as a result of those of, of loved ones who have died. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspiration you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.